Yes, we are back. Back for another episode. A taste to consider podcast. Let's go. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah, you ain't never been here. Diamonds looking so clear. Real niggas everywhere. I've been hustling since the youngest, so I never care. I be going to the next, so I never spare. Ain't owned by no bitch, so she can't declare that I gave her a ring, cause I keep it player. So you stick and sit a podcast. Might drink, but I'm well aware. See the fuck shit from a mile away. We don't trip as long as the money palette. Bad ones, we line them up. And my whip, hundred thousand dollar cars behind us. Secret location, if we don't send it, they don't find us. Weed is the greatest, the girls treat me like your highness. Having the time of her life, she say this night's priceless. Poor shot, blowing up, blowing up, poor shot. Won't you come chill? Say you sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. consider podcast we are back back for another episode yes indeed a day late but you're still gonna get a taste yes a taste to consider podcast we are back back for another episode ah where do i begin so much to talk about so much going on in the world man Oh, man. I know. I know, y'all. I know. It's just a lot going on. These past couple of years have been (laughs) a lot. But, yeah, despite the negatives and stuff like that, I do feel like there's a lot of positives to what's going on. But it's all up to us and what we going to do. But... Let me introduce the show, and we're going to get into it. (laughs) 
It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and we back. Yes, back for another episode, man. You know, I don't normally talk about music on the podcast, but (laughs) I have talked about verses plenty of times before because they're very entertaining. (laughs) They can be very entertaining because of the amazing talent that we see and hear. (laughs) And they can also be very entertaining because, hey, (laughs) it's some things to laugh at. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to talk about the verses a little bit because... Man, I was so fucking disappointed in this verses. I was actually looking forward to this verses. I enjoy um, several of the verses that we've had over the past couple of years. Um, Some, you know, better than others because of the talent and the caliber of artists and uh, me being a fan of, of certain artists. Burp number one. Five minutes into the show. But yeah, so I was looking forward to this verses. Why? Because I can say that I am a fan of Omarion's music. Not B2K, but Omarion. Omarion has several good solo albums. Good music on them things. And... I was looking forward to it. And you know what I'm saying? I'm more active on Twitter when it comes to, well, I can't say. I was more active on Twitter talking about this Omarion uh, versus Mario versus before it happened. Because I just knew Omarion was going to win, man. Because I only know of three Mario songs, and them jumps was back in the day when I was, what? <laughs> I don't know when them damn things came out, but they was a long time ago. I know that much, and he was a kid. <laughs> so, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's no way. It's, it's no, even with Omarion's solo uh albums solo singles and stuff like that he he, he's gonna beat mario of course he's gonna beat mario but i should have known better i should have known better because we've had a couple examples already where we thought people was gonna show up and they didn't and for some reason a lot of these artists don't take their craft serious this man, I ain't even gonna get into the little um the undercard with Ray J and all them. We had our laughs with that. I'm just gonna stick to this the main the main card. Omarion and Mario. So I'm saying thinking to myself, yeah, I'm about to uh, see Omarion, you know what I'm saying, do his thing. I hear some of the hear some of the songs that I enjoy live. This nigga here, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> this nigga. 
can't sing. <laughs> he cannot sing live. And you will not convince me that it was a bad day for him because he was just totally awful. And it's like these verses are exposing a lot of these artists out here, man. And it's just, you know, we always knew that, you know, some people are studio artists and some people were just straight live. They can go live and studio. And like I said, I only knew like maybe two, three songs of Mario's that was like hits, hits. So I never paid attention to him, never felt the need to listen to any of the albums that he released um, or anything like that and never really cared whether he could sing or not. But obviously he can sing better than Omarion. But one of the things that I kept <laughs> kept <laughs> irritating me was the fact that it was a few it was I seen a I seen several people talk about how Mario is just this, this amazing singer. And I ain't gonna go that far. You know what I'm saying? He is definitely the best singer of the night. But you're not gonna sit here and act like he was just the he was Marvin Gaye or Sam Cooke or nothing out this. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't gonna, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna be no hater. I'm gonna give him his props. He came out there, did his thing. His stock went up. <laughs> and this nigga Omari, <laughs> after this verses, he was having all types of memes, drama with his former uh, uh, bandmates and stuff like that. They exposing him, talking about how he wasn't really singing the vocals on the first album and all this other stuff. And he just released his unbothered book and all this. And people going on talking about, well, we see now that he really bothered. And uh, I'm just like, man, I just don't understand, man. If you a singer, and that's all, that's literally all you do. Well, I ain't going to say all you do, but that's your, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's supposed to be your talent, what you, um, what you quote unquote got fame off of and stuff like that. That's basically, you know what I'm saying? Your job, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's an art to singing and stuff like that. So I'm just thinking to myself, these bammers, like y'all singers, this y'all profession. Y'all don't get regular singing lessons and coachings and stuff like that. What is y'all doing out here? This Bama came out with all types of props, and he wasn't the only one. It was on the un the undercard. A lot of people came out there with props. I'm like, is we watching the damn WWE or something? Like nigga came out there with his brother eating watermelons and shit and like that. And he thought that dancing was gonna get him through it. And I'm just like, bruh, this ain't no dancing competition. Like you at least gotta be able to dance and sing at the at the same time. I'm like, man, you you gotta go back and, and get some uh voice lessons or something. Or you know what I'm saying, get on that treadmill and, and jog while you while you sing and get your wind up or something, cause it, it just ain't happening. And then the the funny thing about it is He's supposed to be down here at the MGM at the National Harbor uh, <laughs> in the, what, a few weeks or something like that. And I'm like, after that performance, you put on the verses, and I don't know if nobody want to be buying these tickets, man. That's kind of a waste of money. And it kind of like seeing, seeing him struggle singing like he did, it kind of ruined the songs and the albums for me. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm I'm pretty sure that I'll get back to some point listening to 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 some of his songs and and stuff on his album. But like right now, it was just nah. I ain't hey, you ruined it for me. <laughs> I was totally disappointed. I'm I'm all on Twitter talking about how this man about the <laughs> how he about to crush Mario and all this other stuff. And man, bro, I I'm like <sighs> this nigga right here. Nigga started off looking like Eddie King Jr. when the five hobbies first started. But when he started falling off and <laughs> Oh man. Crazy. But let me move on for that. From that. And get into the Blackity Black Woke segment. You know, I always try to start off with the Blackity Black Woke segment. Get that. You know what I'm saying? Get the seriousness out the way and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure it's a lot of people that, you know, um, that are interested in, you know what I'm saying, what I have to talk about in the Blackity Black Woke segment. Because I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to talk about. Everybody's been talking about it. It's been in the news, people protesting, all that other good stuff. But I'm going to go through my, um, my outline and... We'll get there, because it ain't like this the first time I talked about this subject. I talked about this subject probably a couple of weeks ago when that leak came out about it. But let me take a sip real quick, and we're going to get into it. <sighs> All right, where I'm at, where I'm at. Let me see. Blackity Black Woke segment. Yeah, so I've been talking about for a while, you know, about the food processing plants, um, all these crazy uh, fires and stuff that's been going on with them and how, you know what I'm saying? I definitely don't feel or think that it's a coincidence that these situations are happening and we quote unquote having food shortages or coming up on food shortages. But last time I recorded, I mentioned how the number was 97, 97 food processing plants that had some type of fire or mysterious um, catastrophe happening to them. So now the number is up to 100. Since 2001, Burp number two. Since 2001, there have been, burp number three, there have been a hundred food processing plant fires or catastrophes. We beyond the coincidence at this point, man. <laughs> we beyond that shit. Like, seriously. And it's crazy that things have to get so worse in order for people to start paying attention. As if, you know what I'm saying, people aren't talking about it. But because it's not on the mainstream media or no celebrity talking about it or nothing like that, then people won't pay attention to it. You know what I'm saying? But the news is out there. 
Um, here's a clip, and I forgot what this clip is on. <laughs> uh, what's this? Uh, okay, here we go. This this ties into some of the food shortage stuff that's going on. And um, uh, last episode, I also talked about how those cattle deaths happened. Uh, it was up. Um, it, the numbers were varying. Uh, based on the reports, the highest number that I saw was ten thousand, and the lowest number I saw was like two or three thousand. But this, this, I thought this, uh, this particular clip was interesting, and I don't feel like it's a coincidence. So I'm gonna play it. Genetically modified cattle have been cleared in the U.S. by the Food and Drug Administration. The cattle were designed by a bioengineering company to have short, slick coats that would make them resistant to heat stress. BAM! Thousands of cattle found dead due to heat stress. Yeah, don't say. What a coincidence. Yeah, so it's like they're... Going back to the clip, what she said was is that the FDA has given approval for the sale of beef genetically modified from genetically modified cattle in the United States. And they said the reason for this is is because this genet these genetically modified cattle is have a resistance to heat stress. So it's like you create a problem in order to create a solution for that problem that you created. Similar to the juice Similar to a lot of things that people don't really pay attention to. I mean, shoot, you can look at the whole damn near the whole uh, pharmaceutical um, industry and find situations within that. But, yeah, come on now. This 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 ain't no coincidence. Genetically modified cattle cleared in the United States. And. These genetically modified cattle are supposed to be heat resistant. And then all of a sudden, all these these cattle die from, quote unquote, heat stress. As if we ain't had heat since forever. And I don't want to hear no bullshit about no glo global warming because you can look throughout history and see how there's been plenty of times where the uh, the weather has been extreme. And we can go centuries and see plenty of times of uh, situations where the weather has been extreme and you ain't never have no reports or no no stories or anything about cattle just dying because of heat stress. I think I got a, another clip pertaining to this. Let me uh, let me find it. Uh, let me see. Yeah, because this shit, I mean... This should just be happening right under our eyes, under our noses, our ears, all that. And as long as it ain't on no mainstream media or no celebrity or anything talking about it, the masses really ain't going to pay attention. But the information is out there. Somebody is reporting on it. And these things are getting approved. Uh, these medicines getting approved, these genetically modified things is getting approved and all this other stuff by our government. And we don't know nothing about it. Where's the other clip? Hey, I had that jump. Uh, 
Damn, I must have deleted that, John. But it has something to do with the cattle as well. Uh, let me check one more time before I move along. Um, because uh, I just looked at the jump. Oh, here we go, right here. It's like they're coming up with all these excuses. Hey, look, for breaking the, the cattle case. stuff. They know what happened with the the cattle. NASA, the same. It said this went to the moon. Yep. They said, don't worry, it's geomagnetic storms, and there's going to be a lot of animals. See, there's going to be a lot of animals in the future that will probably die. It's just nature, you know. Hey, look, y'all. <laughs> it's just nature. As if we never had no geomagnetic storms before. We have them all the time. And for somebody who pays attention to, um, like, astrology and stuff like that, I hear this a lot when they talk about, you know what I'm saying, we're going to have these solar flares or these geomagnetic storms and stuff like that. And I ain't never heard of no no cattle or no shit and nothing like that dying. But all of a sudden, only the cattle is dying because of these geomagnetic storms. Not any other animals that they talking about, but actually there is another animal. A, a sheep or lamb or one of them motherfuckers. <laughs> but yeah, only food that we eat, we actually eat. They got something to do with, with just these mysterious deaths and all this shit going on. Crazy, man. Uh, all right. Yeah, so the gas price is still high as hell. I went to the gas station yesterday and um, filled up my tank. And in the past, when I was filling up my tank, I would hit like 50, a little bit over 50. Uh, yesterday, I got up to almost $60. And what's interesting is when I was uh, doing some uh, reading and some research on on all the gas stuff, is that the actual price of for a barrel of oil today is cheaper than what it was in 2014, right? But the gas prices in 2014 were $2 cheaper. So it ain't got nothing to do with no as as um Mr. President is saying it ain't got nothing to do with the Ukraine war and all of us, you know what I'm saying, all that other shit, or Putin, as they want to keep blaming, or Trump, or anything like that. No, it got to do with these companies price gouging, price gouging. Yes, all this inflation and all this other bullshit, these niggas is taking advantage of us, straight taking advantage of us, and... They got the politicians using Putin, the war in Ukraine, Trump, inflation, all this other shit as an excuse to get their boys who line their pockets up during campaign time and all that other stuff to make more money. And this is what I talked about plenty of times before. Everybody has an agenda. Every president that comes into that office has an agenda. They have an agenda. And nine times out of nine times out of ten, that agenda is because of the companies that are lying in their pockets. But speaking of Ukraine, the United States 
to provide another $450 million in military aid for Ukraine, including medium-range rocket systems. Man, they got all the money in the world for this other country. But people over here struggling to buy groceries, pay their rent, buy gas, everything, everything going up. This report says, with President Biden's latest aid package to Ukraine, the total amount the U.S. has provided since the war began is more than $6.1 billion. $6.1 billion. So if y'all remember back on some of the uh, episodes that I was talking about this, my math was all wrong because I was talking $3 billion. They up to $6.1 billion. $6.1 billion. Where this money coming from? You know they just making making this up. We we spoke the country's supposed to be in debt and all this other stuff. So you know they just print money. This shit is just straight money laundering. Straight money laundering. I got a clip. Um let me find it. It got to do with this uh, quote-unquote inflation that we going through and all this other shit. This is uh, this is from the Fed, the Fed chairman, Fed Chair Powell, um, and let me play the clip. Now, I realize there are a number of factors that play a role in the historic inflation that we're experiencing. Uh, supply chain disruptions, regulations that constrain supply. We've got rising inflation expectations and excessive fiscal spending. But the problem hasn't sprung out of nowhere. And in January of 2021, inflation was at 1.4%. By December of 2021, it had risen to 7%, a five-fold increase. Now, since the war in Ukraine began in late February, the rate of inflation has risen incrementally, another 1.6%, to a current level of 8.6%. So again, uh, from 7% to 8.6%. Given how inflation has escalated over the past 18 months, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that. The Biden administration seems to be intent on deflecting blame and as recently as just this past Sunday, spread the misinformation that Putin's invasion of Ukraine is the, quote, biggest single driver of inflation. I'm glad you agree with me that that is not the truth. Right there. That's the, the Fed chairman. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, the the um, person that was questioning him was Senator Bill Haggerty, Republican out of Tennessee. Yeah, so... All this shit is bullshit. Like even the fact that I've I've seen several press conferences from Biden talking about we're in wartime. And I'm like, bruh, when did you tell us we was in wartime? What war are we in? Because according to everything that's going on, the United States ain't over there. So how are we in wartime? I get the fact that you shipping money over there. And weapons and shit. But this shouldn't be wartime for us if our troops aren't actively over there. So when did it become wartime for us? See, at first, when all of this stuff started, 
he kept talking about some no, we not, you know what I'm saying? We not gonna get involved directly in all this other stuff and everything like that. But now all of a sudden we in wartime. How is the country in wartime if our troops aren't actively over there? Yeah, we giving aid. But this ain't our war. You giving $6.1 billion to another country to help them in the war. This is similar to if you, you know what I'm saying, you think back to the Contra situation. You And I know many of people who watch Snowfall or whatever and know about uh, free rate, Freeway Ricky Ross, his story, the real Rick Ross story and all that other stuff. And how this is this. Every time I keep hearing about this shit, I think about this situation. Like, what the fuck are they really doing over there with this money and these weapons? Because this is the same shit that President Reagan got in trouble for about lying about in the past with this Contra shit. But, of course, you know what I'm saying? We just going to keep letting it slide. We going to keep letting all this shit slide because the new uh, Beyonce album out. <laughs> The new Drake album out, <laughs> new Kendrick album out. You know what I'm saying? We don't care. BET Awards was last night. You know what I'm saying? It don't really. We don't really think that it this shit affect the affects us. And it's not me. You know what I'm saying? Being judgy and being an asshole and all that other stuff. I'm being facetious in in a way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, <sighs> moving along. Okay, Biden administration um uh yeah, they just totally worded this uh title wrong, but basically, the Biden administration mandated um school lunch uh, the school lunch program school lunch programs unlawful um because let me just read the article because they just totally botched that uh that title. They they need to um find a new editor. But yeah, <laughs> the Biden administration is is requiring schools to comply with its LGBT policies or lose billions in federal funding for school lunches. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food and Nutrition Service announced in May it will prevent low-income students from participating in its national school lunch program if their public school does not adopt the administration's interpretation of Title IX, which holds that the federal civil rights law's provision against discrimination based on sex includes designations of sexual orientation and gender identity. The move was originally reported by the Center Square. It says a spokeswoman for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Republican, said the Biden administration's decision to withhold food from disadvantaged children in order to advance a deranged political agenda was appalling. So I'm going to go a little further into this and why and why I'm actually bringing it up. Okay, let me uh, pull that article up. Um. It says more than half of state attorneys, attorney generals rejected an unlawful Biden administration memorandum, which prevented students from receiving federal funding for 
public school lunches if their district didn't comply with LGBT mandates. All right. Now, let me get to the the meat of this. All right. Um, Okay, it says, in a letter to the president, 26 Republican attorney Attorney generals demanded the Biden administration withdraw its Department of Agriculture's Title IX interpretation, which would take billions of dollars in national school lunch program funding away from schools that don't let biological males use the girls' bathroom or compete in girls' sports. The department's interpretation violated the Administrative Procedures Act since it was issued as a memorandum than a a proposed rule for the public to comment on the attorney general's rope. And this and this is why I have uh, an issue with this. So. For let me preface this, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. I can care less about either one of them. I'm a registered independent, so I ain't no Trump supporter. I ain't no Biden supporter. I ain't no Kamala supporter. I ain't nobody supporter. I'm a supporter for myself and my people. So getting that out of the way, I have a problem with this for the simple fact that it from what the report says that and this is how these this stuff goes under the radar, because you have these these laws um and these mandates and stuff but they slide things in there you know what i'm saying and people don't people don't do no research they don't do no reading or nothing like that they just stick to the black and white facts of things and miss the whole gray area so you have underprivileged kids i don't care where they are if they in florida if they in texas if they in Maryland, Georgia, whatever. I don't care where it is, if the, the town races or whatever. I don't care because it affects more than just that one town. So they're taking away billions of dollars from underprivileged kids in order to get free lunch because they're trying to allow biological males and biological females but you don't really hear too many biological females participating in men's sports. But just sticking to this article, biological males to participate in women's sports. And I'm going to just leave it there. So moving along to the next topic, this is something that I ran across. Hold on, let me see. I, I think. Yeah, this is something I ran across that um, I wanted to just just mention for people to look up or pay attention to. Um, It says the family of Dante Perez Jones seeks answers after his body was found hanging in a park in Pennsylvania. And Dante Perez Jones uh, was an army veteran. He was a black man and his family is trying to, um, you know what I'm saying, get answers on his death. And let me see if I can pull up the clip of his family uh, speaking about it. Um, because I'm, I'm bringing it up for the simple fact that um, it's similar to a story 
and a documentary that I talked about before on the podcast. So let me see if I can find the clip. I didn't actually save it. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Yeah, but they still lynching us out here. Ain't nothing changed. Um, And, you know, it's, it's crazy because so many other groups and communities and stuff, they get bills and laws passed for them with the quickness and we still don't have nothing we still we we've been fighting for the longest time for the anti-lynching bill and all that other stuff and even with the george floyd bill it's supposed to be something for for us but it ended up giving more money to police departments (laughs) throughout the country um let me see if i can find it if i don't find it i'm just gonna have to move on um <sighs> Dang, I thought it was going to be easy to find. Uh, um, Dang. But yeah, look up the um Dante Perez Jones. Just, you know what I'm saying? Go on, do your, oh, here we go. Do your Googles still. Do your Googles. You know what I'm saying? Don't put it all on me to give you the, the accurate information. But here we go. But no wallet. His wallet is missing. The lady said she wasn't going to do an autopsy. It was rude suicide. It's closed. I said, I'm requesting that you do autopsy in case someone gave, gave him some narcotics or knocked him out. He is a big guy. He is he, he served in the military six years, National Guards. Like he defended the United States went to war like you're not going to tell me that he don't know how to defend himself so someone had to do something for that to happen they have not let me identify him they told me i wasn't going to identify him because they don't do that you can you show me a picture of my son because at this point do i even know it's my son they didn't take any pictures of him i asked for the pictures they won't let me see any pictures they said they took pictures they said they took pictures but they they don't have them to give to her she can't view the pictures that they took of him and the condition that they found they actually found him his keys but no what yeah a tragic situation but i mean hate to say this but not surprising this is how they do but the the reason why i bring up i mentioned this case um because honestly like shit happens to us all the time so like if i was gonna mention every situation like it'd be like a four-hour podcast but but I bring it up because it reminded me of a docu-series that I talked about uh, before on the podcast uh, about a situation that happened in, in Maryland where I live. Um, it was a case back in 1986, a uh, case of a black man found hanging in a tree in Silver Spring, Maryland. And um, his name was Keith Warren. So... After you look up Dante, um, dang, I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. And I already deleted the screenshot. But you listen to the podcast, you can rewind. But after you look up the first first, um, black man, gentleman's name, uh, look up this this story as well. The gentleman's name, the black, he was a black boy at the time, teenager. His name was Keith Warren. Um... At the time of his death, he was 19 years old, and the situation was, like, eerily similar. They found him hanging in a tree. His family was trying to get information about his death, trying to um, get pictures 
on, you know what I'm saying, of the scene, the crime scene. and But they didn't, I ain't going to say, yeah, I'll still say it's a crime scene. But they uh, said that it was suicide. And this is what the same thing that they're saying about uh, Dante's uh, death, that it was suicide. And we all know it's not. But, yeah, I thought it was just eerily similar to me. So I thought, you know what I'm saying, I was like I had to bring it up. So make sure you make sure you look up those those names and those stories and check out the docuseries on Keith Warren. Um, I forgot where I watched it at, but you can find it. It's on. It, it, I probably watched it on Hulu, I think. But, yeah, it's up there. Um, just just crazy situations. And it's like we never going to get away from this shit. But um, moving along. And to the meat of the blackity black woke segment and what everybody has been talking about and all the stuff that's been going on, of course, is the uh, Roe v. Wade situation. And I talked about this before on the podcast a few couple of episodes, couple few episodes ago um, when the report was leaked that this actual ruling was going to come out. So it's kind of like we knew this was going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's happening now. And. It's a lot of emotions and stuff wrapped up into it and stuff, you know what I'm saying? A lot of energy harvesting going on with people, you know, following behind what's being pushed and stuff like that. The propaganda behind it and stuff like that. So I'm going to try to keep it quick on my thoughts and views of it and the 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 things that I, I've, I've found, um, the reading that I've done, conclusions and stuff like that. But I'm going to just preface it by saying I'm pro-choice. And some people probably be like, oh, why are you pro-choice? Why are you pro-life? Honestly, like some people will sit there and say, you know what I'm saying, you can't be pro-choice and pro-life. But I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, I'm honestly pro-choice and pro-life for the simple fact that I'm like, nigga, you can make whatever choice you want to make and you deal with the consequences, consequences on your you know what I'm saying, off of the decision that you make. That ain't got nothing to do with me, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people look at it like you got to be one or the other, you know what I'm saying, based off of religion and stuff like that. But I look at it like even if you're religious, you know what I'm saying, We even if you're a religious person and and let's, let's go with Christianity and, and look at the Ten Commandments and shit like that. Most of the people sinning anyway, honestly. Isn't that what, you know what I'm saying, Jesus supposed to had died for our sins because, you know, God already knew we were going to sin. And not to say we should just be going out here sinning just because Jesus died. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we're human. People going to make whatever decision that they're going to make based off of whatever programming, perspectives, uh, reasoning, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like you can be pro-life and pro-choice. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to make the choices that I need to make. You can make the choices you you need to make and you can just do whatever you want to do. I'm not trying to be involved in making decisions for other people. And I, I, I talk about it a lot on this podcast, how a lot of people make decisions based off of, you know, what I'm saying what somebody else is doing, being followers um following celebrities following um politicians you know what i'm saying just being 
so wrapped up into somebody else controlling your life because you perceive them as being better than you because they are in a higher position and stuff like that. So, you know what I'm saying? Make whatever decision you want to and you deal with the consequences consequences off of that. You know what I'm saying? Because I got to wake up every morning and make decisions and deal with whatever comes with that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that if you want to get an abortion, you can get an abortion. I ain't judging you or anything like that because that's your decision. That's your life or anything like that. But when we just focusing on the facts, this ruling didn't outlaw abortion. What it did was give it stopped it, it stopped making abortion a constitutional right. What it did was take it down to the states so the states make the decision and that's what's crazy about all this propaganda and people with wrong information and stuff and pushing it out there because people i just been seeing so many people talking about this and they're just totally wrong this ruling didn't outlaw abortions what it did is just make it the state's decision on what they want to do and as we've seen soon as this ruling came about several states have made it illegal for you to get an abortion so that's what it was and another thing that i thought was funny about this whole situation but not funny but interesting i'll say interesting not funny interesting was the fact that (laughs) um you would have thought excuse me burp number four burp number five you would have thought clarence thomas was the only supreme court justice And I'm not sitting here defending him or anything like that. What I'm pointing out is the fact that they put they push out narratives and agendas when it comes to these situations. Clarence Thomas was the only black judge in this decision. And now everybody blaming him for it. (laughs) I can care less about Clarence Thomas, honestly. But what I'm what I'm pointing out is, is how they push narratives and they push agendas and how it is always convenient to blame the black person. <laughs> it's always convenient to blame the damn black person. <laughs> Crazy, man. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of blame going around. And it's funny because, um, like, there's blame going around on Trump. Of course, Trump had played a role in this. He appointed three of the justices. So, cool, yeah, Trump plays a role in this. But let's not. And this is where it comes. This is where the problem comes with people not doing their own research, their reading and stuff like that. And just following what somebody else is saying. Mainstream media, whoever, whoever the fuck saying it, whoever you want to follow. But because this is interesting. This is something that I found out that was interesting. Um, Let me see where I'm at before I before I go there. See if I, I skipped over anything. Um. But nah, this is what I was talking about last episode when, you know what I'm saying, that confirmation bias and, you know what I'm saying, people only want to focus on on um what what a, what goes along or aligns with their beliefs on things and as opposed to hearing, you know what I'm saying, all the sides of everything and really actually coming down and finding the truth and 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 actually going with something that's just 
beyond what everybody else is believing and stuff. But um, let me see. Let me see. Make sure I got everything before I go to where I'm going to go. Let me read this first. This is from the New York Times. It says the Supreme Court on Friday overruled Roe v. Wade, eliminating the constitutional right to abortion after almost. And that's the key term right there. Constitutional right. Constitutional right to abortion after almost 50 years and a decision that will transform American life, reshape the nation's politics and lead to all but total bans on the procedure in about half of the states. The ruling will test the legitimacy of the court and vindicate a decades-long Republican project of installing conservative justices prepared to reject the precedent, which had been repeatedly reaffirmed by earlier courts. It will also be one of the single legacies of President Donald J. Trump, who vowed to name justices who will overrule Roe. All three of his appointees were in the majority in the 6-3 to ruling. The decision, which echoed a leaked draft opinion published by Politico in early May, will result in a starkly divided country in which abortion is severely restricted or forbidden in many red states but remains freely available in most blue states. Chief Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. voted with the majority but said he would have taken a, quote, a more measured course, end quote, stopping short of overruling Roe outright. The court's three liberal members dissented. Yeah, so that was from the New York Times. And but like I said, the key term was constitutional right. You know what I'm saying? Um a lot of people just running and and being in fear and outraged and angered and all this other stuff thinking that abortion is outlaw period. No. It just goes down to each state now. You know what I'm saying? It means each state will have its own laws on abortion. And um, you know, it's it's just a lot of it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, based off of this, you know, you hear a lot of stuff, and I I previously talked about you know um. Let me let me go directly to that part, or do I want to stay on course? Let me stay on course. So yeah, you know, you hear a lot of stuff about you know. Black women and stuff are going to suffer severely from this and all that other, all that other stuff like that. And I talked about this before about the aspect of black women and um, Planned Parenthood and stuff like that. And I talked about how you know the the person who created. Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger was a known racist. She was a known racist. She didn't make no apologies for it. Quote, we don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. End quote. That was Margaret Sanger. Quote, colored people are like human weeds and need to be exterminated. End quote. Margaret Sanger. The founder of Planned Parenthood. So you see what Planned Parenthood was created for. The destruction of black 
babies, and families. So, I'm going to read another quote. This isn't, this isn't from Margaret Sanger, but I will let you know who it was after I read it. Quote, I admire Margaret Sanger enormously. I am really in awe of her. End quote. That was y'all girl. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton loves Margaret Sanger. If anybody has been a follower of Hillary Clinton, y'all know how much she loves Margaret Sanger. So you can't love somebody so much and not know that they have this type of view. So I just wanted to I just wanted to point that out. Just wanted to point that out. But now back solely to the case, Roe v. Wade. A lot of people look at it just as a an abortion case, but a lot of people, if you really go read and research what Roe v. Wade is about, it's actually more of a privacy case. A privacy case. Medical privacy to be specific. And like I said, you know, the media ain't going to highlight this. You know what I'm saying? Nobody going to really talk about the, the true aspect of why this ruling is bad. So. Ask yourself these questions. How exactly are these states who are outlawing or banning abortions going to find out if you actually had an abortion? How are they going to find out if you're pregnant? How are they going to find out um, if you want to keep the baby in that? Ask yourself these questions. So how are they going to keep track of this? Right. So it's going to have to take some effort from them to actually really be into your medical history, similar to what's been going on with the juice. Our medical According to HIPAA laws, our medical history is supposed to be private. But when all of this stuff with the juice came around, that stuff started going out the window. Jobs start asking for medical information if you got the juice or not and all this other stuff. This is just levels. You know what I'm saying? We've gone through this privacy stuff before. You know what I'm saying? If you go all the way back to 9-11, you know what I'm saying? With, and... And uh, situations when it came to domestic terrorism, where they started in, invading our privacy, you know what I'm saying? And they put so much fear into us that they they take away our 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 fight, so to speak, our fight, our resilience to want to fight to keep our actual privacy, right? Um, but, you know, speaking of the justices and stuff like that and the 6-3 ruling, uh, Donald Trump and white supremacy and all that other stuff, all this stuff is connected. You know what I'm saying? So it's many levels to what this Roe v. Wade has to do with. And it's based off of your level of intelligence or the level of how far you want to go down the rabbit hole of how this really affects the population, the United States population. But we'll stick to the race thing for right now. So, you know what I'm saying? You have these these ideals that Donald Trump came with and his base came with and the uh, justices that he appointed. 
So you know the ideal that they have, you know, saying this white supremacist ideal, this white privilege, you know, what I'm saying this, this we got to make sure that these white women stop aborting these babies in these white states, these red states. You know, what I'm saying the white population, the white children is dwindling, it's not growing no more. I talked about this before. They're not producing no more. It is going down. And then you have the quote-unquote black community. You know, we're still prospering, so to speak, as far as reproduction. But then you also have plenty of immigrants coming over here, particularly from the Hispanic and Latino community. And this is what is making the white community afraid. I mean, shit. Even Joe Biden has sat there and told the quote-unquote black leaders before he got elected that he sat there and told them on the Zoom call, and I played that clip for you on the previous episode, how we, the black community, is going to be nothing. So we need to start, we need to be happy with where we're at because in a few years, the Hispanic and Latino community is going to wipe us out as far as the majority in this country. This is the dude that y'all voted for said that. Okay, let me get back on track. You know, y'all know I be, you know, yeah. So this is about white nationalism. This is about um, tiki torches down, you know what I'm saying, white power, um, blonde hair, blue eyes. I just talked about it with on the last episode of Abercrombie and Finch. They want to keep their bloodline going in this country. They want to keep the status quo. Yeah, but we keep talking about this blame, Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that, the Republicans and all this other stuff. But y'all know how I feel about this shit. Republicans, Democrats, they all the same. It's just bullshit. They playing games with us, trying to divide us, you know what I'm saying, doing all this other stuff to get get our fear going, our anger going, and all this other stuff. Key thing that I learned. So I'm going to say this word real quick. I'm going to say the word and I'm going to spell it out for you. And I want you to look this word up. Codify. C-O-D-I-F-Y. Codify. I want you to look that word up. And then I'm going to read you this this, uh, portion of an article that I came across. Um, It says in 2007... No, let me just read the whole article instead of the highlighted portion. Let me read this 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 excerpt. But even as Mr. Obama has delighted abortion rights advocates, he has dialed back some some earlier ambitions. In 2007, he promised Planned Parenthood that the first quote, the first thing I'd do as president, end quote, would be to sign the Freedom of Choice Act, which effectively codifies Roe v. Wade. Now, he says, the bill is, quote, not my highest legislative priority, end quote, as he put it at a recent news conference. So I want you to look up the, the term codify, but I'm going to help, help you out and look it up anyway, because I know some of y'all ain't going to look that shit up. So it says codify, arrange verb, arrange parentheses laws or rules in parentheses into a systematic code also 
arranged according to a plan or system. So essentially, if Obama kept to what he said and codified the Roe v. Wade ruling, we wouldn't be going through this right now. So, like I said, Trump definitely played a role in it because he he did what he had to do. He even said what he was going to do. Obama said what he was going to do and didn't do what he was going to do. So this is why I'm saying to you, don't get all caught up into this fake ass outrage from these Republicans, these liberals and shit like that, because they had chances. We wouldn't even be in this shit right now if they would have codified the Roe v. Wade ruling with the Freedom of Choice Act. Make sure you look up that as well. Freedom of Choice Act. But yeah, during the time that this this um, the Roe v. Wade ruling could have been codified, um, it was a majority Democratic Congress. And then, if you think about just just with this this shit with the Supreme Court justices, period, with this lifetime appointment and shit, which shouldn't be in place. But then you think about with uh, Ruth Bader, what's her name? Ruth Bader Genzer. I, I hope I'm not messing it up. But, yeah, she could have retired. You know what I'm saying? She could have retired earlier while, you know what I'm saying, the Democrats had the majority in Congress. The, you know what I'm saying? They could have they could have pushed her to retire early so they could have appointed somebody a Democratic justice. But, um it, it's levels to this, you know what I'm saying? So many things could have gone differently. But my whole point is, don't sit here and just look at it as just one, this is the fault of one side, when the other side could have did something about it years ago. Like, is the information is out there, man. Come on. The information is out there. Stop buying this Democratic, Republican bullshit. Is is fucking is lies, is games. They playing with us. They playing with us to get us riled up to keep us divided. You got all these people talking about some oh the old America coming back and all this other stuff. Ain't shit changed in my in my eyes. And you know what I'm saying? We still getting lynched out here. We still still getting killed by the police. We think we always think because we got some money, we got some fame or whatever that we made it ahead or anything like that that's it's just not the case man come on we gotta we gotta think deeper we gotta look deeper yeah but like honestly like i feel like all of this shit is just campaign shit because we about to come across more midterms more elections over the next couple of years on you know what I'm saying? And it affects both sides. So Republicans pandering to their base. Now Democrats going to pander to their base based off of this. You know what I'm saying? Um, this, These are just talking points. This is propaganda that they're going to be spewing out from both sides on what they did and what they're going to do and all this other stuff and what they believe and how they're going to fight back and all this other stuff. But it's just games. It's just games. It's literally just games.
but you know what I'm saying? We get so caught up into all it is. We get angry if a person doesn't di- fully agree with everything that we say or believe in and all this other stuff. People get nasty, calling each other names. Um, you know what I'm saying? Being just straight up trying to cancel you or because you disagree with them or you have a different perspective and it doesn't fully directly agree with this and all this other stuff. And that's where the problem is. You know what I'm saying? People just so caught up into trying to debate and trying to see who's 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 smarter, who's right, who's wrong or whatever, as opposed to it just being a conversation. You have one perspective. I have another perspective. And um, we both learning from each other. But it's like it's just all about somebody beating somebody else this is the this is the mindset that the society has we always trying to fight some somebody whether it's we this is what the united states is about fighting a war fighting against a a bill a law you know what i'm saying it's never just about actually having a conversation and and building that bridge and actually finding a compromise in in a situation or whatever. It's just all about fighting, fighting, getting everybody riled up and and keeping everybody divided based off of that fighting and stuff. It's just it's just straight energy harvesting. And if you don't understand what I'm saying about that, look it up. Energy harvesting. They're harvesting our energy to keep us divided so we can't get nothing accomplished. They sitting there looking at looking at us, laughing at us while we doing all this fake protesting and all this other bullshit or whatever and they just like hey we going about our business hey um so we about to take a recess from congress right you know what I'm saying? we about to go on vacation we still getting our salary we still gonna get elected even though we ain't really doing shit for our our um our constituents and all this other stuff it's just bullshit these niggas getting getting basically lifetime salaries to the fuck with us <laughs> but yeah I mean, shit, we, we even heard it like that press, that little uh, rally or press conference that Biden did. And I forgot who that woman was that stepped up there and she was like, this is a great win for the white community, for white life. You know what I'm saying? They telling us, they be telling us what what they doing and stuff. It It's just like the shit, they don't, they not even hiding it no more. Like in the past, they used to hide shit. Like, but now they be out in the open with, with the shit. <laughs> they be straight out in the open. You know what I'm saying? As long as they keep us divided, keep us fighting against each other, it's easier for them to control us and control outcomes and them getting things passed. While we sitting here fighting, they pushing other stuff through. And then we find out later on, we like, damn, when that happened? How how we didn't see that? Because we were sitting here fighting about something with wrong information. But yeah, like I said, this 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 whole Roe v. Wade shit really comes down to privacy. It's a privacy. It's, it's a privacy shit. It's privacy rights, medical privacy. You know what I'm saying? Because all them people that live in them red states and stuff like that gonna have to. At some point, it's gonna be a situation the same way with the juice where you are gonna have to give. You gonna have to give them information soon as you get pregnant and you go to the doctor. Then they're going to tell that doctor, well, you're going to have to notify us 
every time a pregnant person comes into the office because they're going to start tracking that person. However way that they they going to do it, the same way that they've been doing it with the juice, they're going to track you through your employment, through through um, you going to actually get your uh, go to your OBGYN, go to your doctor's appointments and stuff. They're going to demand these doctors to give that information to them. They're going to track it. They're going to watch. I'm telling you what's going to happen. They're going to come up with a special unit or uh, office or um, branch or something in these red states that's outlawing abortion to track these women when they go to the doctor and stuff like that. They're going to. Same thing with the Jews. All this shit has to do with privacy. And the more and more, we, and I've been saying this, the more and more we don't, we just easily comply with this bullshit, with them trying to control our our natural human rights, our autonomy, then they just going to keep picking us apart with new shit that's already been in place. So you had the juice. So now they at the, the uh, Roe v. Wade, the abortion stuff, more medical privacy. So then y'all president already came out in the press conference and said there's going to be another pandemic. So like I already said, they ain't hiding shit no more. They telling us. So we're going to have another pandemic and then it's going to be a situation where now because Roe v. Wade is like the pinnacle of medical rights, medical privacy rights and medical rights, period. So now when we have this next pandemic, whether it's monkeypox or um, another swine flu or um, shit, another coronavirus, because coronavirus ain't new. The shit we've had several. If you look up coronavirus, there's coronavirus has been going on since the 80s. This ain't nothing new. So we're going to have a, a, a severe mandate for people to, to get vaccinated for this next pandemic that we have. Yeah, man, we trying. We we just so caught up into to shit that just don't matter. And I'm not saying not to have. You know, I know people be like, "Oh, man, he just serious all the time." No, this other stuff. No, I like to have a good time. And and I say it all the time. How you know what I'm saying? Stuff go over my head. I miss stuff. And then you know what I'm saying? I rock with stuff that I probably shouldn't be rocking with. Cause I like to have a good time too. I'm I'm human. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. We got to fight for something. And then you got these people out here, and this pisses me off. They be they be like, well, you can't fight for this. And how you fighting for this, but then you ain't fighting for everything? Man, shut the fuck up with that bullshit. Just shut the hell up with that bullshit. Everybody got their things that they fight for, that they passionate about, and all that other stuff. So that don't mean nothing. But I'm just trying to give the information I'm just telling y'all what's what's to come and what's happening. So it is what it is. But the the one of the reasons why I think um and this has been talked about before as well is that you know what I'm saying a lot of reasons why this has been so big is because on the Republican side as far as the Roe v. Wade stuff is because of how the Democrats and liberals have been pushing this 
this agenda and this narrative of of what a woman is and what a woman is not. You know, I mean, we've seen it in the confirmation hearings with Kentaji Brown. A whole woman sat on that confirmation hearing and didn't know how to describe a woman. A whole woman, a whole biological woman. But this is what I'm saying. These they fighting back and forth with each other, but we getting riled up about it. And that's how they control us. They're controlling us based off of our emotions. And everybody in this country is not emotionally intelligent and not emotionally mature. We we've gone to school and we've been conditioned throughout school and they ain't teach us nothing about how to control our emotions. <laughs> so this is all a game, you know what I'm saying? You got the liberal side talking about some a woman is a woman is this, a woman is that, or they don't know what a woman is. So then the other side going they they strong in their stance and their beliefs or whatever. So we gonna stamp how we feel what a woman is and how we gonna, you know what I'm saying, push our agenda of what we want women to do. These men, you know what I'm saying, men making these these decisions. But yeah, man. It's just it's just it's just gonna keep getting worse and worse. They're gonna keep trying to control our natural rights. Our natural rights. We so focused and caught up into what all these politicians and celebrities and stuff doing. We got it's like we got we're we're more so under their umbrella as opposed to actually and i know everybody doesn't believe in god everybody isn't religious or spiritual or anything like that but just speaking to the people who are religious and spiritual or whatever they so caught up into fear you would be like do y'all even believe in god or <laughs> you know what i'm saying do do y'all believe in anything outside of what man is telling you and this is why i say it like they they that energy harvesting, getting you caught up into your fears, your insecurities, you wrapped up into your emotions and stuff, and getting you so riled up and scared that you forget about you, what your true belief should be. But hey, I came across. I'm done with the Roe v. Wade. I came across this this interesting. <laughs> article title it says a hidden immune feature may have spared unvaccinated people from COVID-19 infections <laughs> um it was a that's the title it was a subtitle that said it's an antidote in the immune system <laughs> Do I even need to say anything else, man? Come on. A hidden immune feature may have spared unvaccinated people from COVID-19 infections. It's an antidote in the immune system. I'm just going to move along, man. They At this point, man, they, they playing with us and we just looking like dummies. I'm done with the Black D Black Woke segment. Let me move along to the movies and TV uh, reviews. Um, I recently watched uh, this documentary. It came out in 2018. It's called The Making of the Five Heartbeats. The Making of the Five Heartbeats. And I know it's a lot of fans of the five heartbeats out there. And I got to tell you, man, this was a great documentary. 
And it's crazy watching this documentary because what we saw with the five heartbeats is not what was originally playing as far as actors and everything. Like, I don't want to give no spoilers away, but I'm going to give this one spoiler because I think it's, I think it's, it's relevant and it's funny and it will make people want to see the documentary. Eddie King Jr., the lead singer of the Five Heartbeats. Denzel Washington was supposed to play Eddie King Jr. <laughs> That's who they pegged as Eddie King Jr. when they first started um, coming up with this movie. Another interesting thing about it is, spoiler alert, Y'all know Robert Townsend wrote the movie, but he also wrote the movie, the script, the screenplay with Keenan Ivory Waynes. I, I mean, I already knew that, but I'm pretty sure it's people out there that didn't know that. But it was interesting watching the documentary and how how it took so long to get this movie made because they was trying to get this movie made for a while. And it got to the point where um, they... Uh, reached a lot of roadblocks and stuff like that and it finally it finally got to the point where they made the movie and stuff like that and it it was a lot of interesting things about how who he based the movie off of because like even when I was telling my mom about the documentary she thought the the premise of the movie of the group the five heartbeats was based off of another real group that we know of but Watching the documentary, that's not who, you know what I'm saying, the the portrayal of the, the fictional group was based off of. So it was a great documentary. Like, it, it, it made me want to watch The Five Heartbeats even more. And it makes me look at The Five Heartbeats in a much more better way. And that's already one of my favorite movies. But yeah, check that out. Making of the Five Heartbeats. It was a documentary. It's an hour, 25 minutes. Got good ratings on IMDb and all that other stuff. So yeah, check that joint out. What else? Um, let me see. The Boys. The Boys Season 3 on Prime. Amazon Prime. If you're not watching that show, man, I gotta say, that's one, man, that is a great-ass show. Like, the the writing, the acting, the the action, the violence, um, it, it is a great show, and I and I kept saying to myself, and I'm all I'm always talking about, you know, what I'm saying how people get romanticized into the moment, and you know, what I'm saying, excuse me, burp number six, recency bias, and all that other stuff, and I had to keep asking myself, I was like. Do you really feel this way? Do you really feel this way about this show? I feel like this is one of the greatest shows that I've ever seen in my life. The Boys. I'm telling you, man. Like, <laughs> I got, you know what I'm saying? Like, on, on my top show list, I got The Wire. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, Game of Thrones is on there. But, yeah, The Boys, man. The Boys is, like, that's one of the greatest shows that I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And this season is... It's proving it much, much more. This is the third season. So far, they got uh, six episodes out. Um, I think each season has been like eight episodes. So, there's two more episodes left on season three, man. This this season has been incredible. And the show is just incredible. Um, but, yeah, if you're not watching The Boys, 
check it out. I know it's not for everybody. I understand that because it is very, it could be very violent and gory at times. But <laughs> that show is incredible. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Yeah, the boys, man. All right, I'm bringing up P Valley again. So. The new season, season two is out on P-Valley. Uh, season three came out last night. And and y'all already know what I said last episode about P-Valley, how that joint is some coon-ass shit. Some coon-ass shit. <laughs> and I got to say, man, episode three, I had to fast forward through, like, certain portions of that joint because it's just like, I feel like they just going too far, like, they over-sexualizing the show. And this is a show about a strip club. But outside of the strip club part, I just feel like they over-sexualizing it and they kind of, like, pushing an agenda. And and I understand that, like, you know what I'm saying, shows, movies, and stuff put sex in it, heterosexual sex. I'm going to focus on that first, heterosexual sex. But even when I've seen it in heterosexual sex in, like, movies and shows – I'd be like, what was the point of y'all putting this sex scene in the movie or in the show or whatever? It had no point of it. But, you know what I'm saying? We live in a society that is overly sexualized and sex sales. But then just going through P-Valley and, and, and you know what I'm saying, the times that we live in with where things are more open, um, P-Valley is being a, a little bit aggressive with the homosexuality sex scenes and I'm like, I don't think that is necess- necessary for the story or the the plot of the show. You know what I'm saying? And and like I said, because I know people want to mi- always misconstrue shit that people say. I'm talking about on both sides. I think sex the sex period in a lot of these movies and shows are unnecessary to the plot and the um. The story of the movie or the show, I just feel like is is it be going too far sometimes, and it it has no reasoning or no out no you know what I'm saying no outcomes or nothing for you to put this shit in the show. But yeah, P Valley man, I don't know. I think I'm I don't know. Yeah, because I've even had like you know what I'm saying. I had a lot of people hitting me up about it. You know what I'm saying because I recently talked about it on the show and was like yeah. It's kind of getting weird at this point, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, the old man, the old man. This is a new show that is on FX. I watch it on Hulu, but it comes on Hulu as well. The day after it, it is aired on FX, it stars Jeff Bridges. Three episodes out so far. It's a brand new show, and it is a very good show. If you're a person who likes, uh drama as well as a little action mist uh mystery type um um uh, yeah i don't want to give too much away but yeah it is a at least check it out like the first episode uh should reel you in but it's a very good show so far three se- episodes in i've heard a lot of people talk about it um so i know i'm not you know just tripping. It wouldn't matter anyway. If I like it and nobody else like it, I still would watch it because that's just how I am. But season three of Evil, and I'm going to be done with the movie and TV reviews. I talked about this show before on the podcast. The show is called Evil. It comes on Paramount Plus app. 
It stars uh, Michael Coulter. He's the guy who played Luke Cage um, on the Netflix series and is now part of the MCU, Marvel, you know what I'm saying, all that. The Luke Cage is now on Disney Plus and all that other stuff. But, yeah, it is a, it, the show is called Evil, but it's a very religious slash spiritual show. And it touches on a lot of things about like faith. Um, um, it, it's a it's a it's a very thought provoking show when it comes to spirituality and religion, and uh, faith, and um, walking your path and sinning and stuff like that. It's not a judgmental show, but it, it's a it's a thought provoking show. It really makes you think, and it's it's very. Um, um, it's very relatable. It's very relatable. Um, yeah. So that's it for the movie and TV reviews. So we're going to get into some of the clips and fun stuff with the relationship stuff and all that, that, that good stuff. And I'm about, uh, an hour and 25 minutes in. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not going to go over two hours, but um, I'm gonna see how many clips I can get in. Um, cause some of these clips is uh, I was trying to bring up on the last episode, but we here now. Um, let me start with this one, and this one is something that I wanted to talk about for a while beyond me finding this clip. This clip just um pushed me to to just talk about it, talk about the uh the topic so let me play this clip i was in college right i had a, a group of bros and they had a dorm and uh we would all go into their dorm room uh after a long stressful day and we would just sit in there we would watch shows we would play games we freestyle we do a bunch of random stuff and after i left i remember thinking to myself like damn like i feel I'm good i'm chilling like right. i feel light right. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. And when I finally graduated and I started living, I was living in Massachusetts by myself. I didn't have that outlet. I remember feeling super depressed. I was like, yo, why do I feel so depressed? And it's like, because that therapeutic outlet that you had where you could go with your bros and you can guys, you guys could just vent and just talk about stuff. You don't have that anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't have that within our friend groups, right? And so we go to these podcasts, we start our podcast with friends and we start expressing. And y'all remember last episode, uh, I had that clip when I was talking about uh, friends, maintaining friendships in your 30s and stuff like that. And how I was talking about how um, a lot of uh, these friendship groups and stuff like that, like how you mentioned in that, you don't have these you don't have these conversations. You don't have these uh, um, you don't have real conversations in these friendship groups, you know, uh, most of the time. Uh, a lot of the friendship groups are just kind of like um, just like you said, therapeutic outlets. Um, how I described them in the last episode was kind of like they're, they're, they're spaces where you can let go. You can, you know, what I'm saying just get away from things. And also I described it as a drug because I, I honestly when I had a chance to sit back and think about how you know, saying subst substance abuse and substances, alcohol, uh, getting drunk, getting high and stuff like that. And even sex, you know what I'm saying? How that eating shit, eating, 
um, it's just a, a a quick dopamine raise, and you know what I'm saying something that a get you high for the moment, get you know what I'm saying, get your endorphins going and all that other stuff. But then you got to go back to the to your life, the real world and stuff like that. Nothing is really accomplished. And you can, you know what I'm saying, comp- you, you know what I'm saying, compare that to like vacationing and stuff like that. So a lot of things actually that people do that quote unquote is therapeutic. And it it actually has me thinking now, you know what I'm saying, how the self-care movement or whatever, how a lot of the self-care movement um was being pushed, but it wasn't really helpful in my eyes because I, I was thinking about that back. I was like, you know what I'm saying? It, it's cool, you know, go get your, for women, go get your your nails done, your feet done, you know what I'm saying? Men and women, go get a massage and stuff like that. So that all those therapeutic activities are cool. They are good. But, and I hear a lot of times, like I hear a lot of dudes talk about, you know what I'm saying? Video games, that's my, you know what I'm saying? That's my outlet, you know what I'm saying? Playing sports, that's my outlet. And, and me being a dude that goes to the gym damn near seven days a week and work work out and follow a lot of people who who um who weight lift and work out and, and train and stuff like that, they look at that as they always they look at that and they talk about how that's their therapy. And I was just thinking to myself, we gotta stop. And I'm all big on the context of words and stuff like that. We gotta stop using these activities and stuff and saying that it's our therapy because it's therapeutic activities are important yes indeed they are important i'm not disputing that but we got to stop comparing these therapeutic activities of going to the gym getting our nails done um having a drink or getting high or having sex eating a good meal or whatever and making it seem like it's therapy because it ain't somebody who's a big advocate of therapy uh you know what i'm saying uh i love therapy i've been going to therapy for years you know what i'm saying so therapy is not the same thing as these therapeutic activities those therapeutic activities will you know what i'm saying get you away for a moment you know what I'm saying, uh, refresh you and all that other stuff, but then you're going back to your same life and everything, and you're still dealing with the same problems. Going to actual therapy, sitting down with a, a, a licensed therapist, psychologist, is totally different. You sit there in that actual therapy, you're you're getting tools, you're working out how to deal with emotions, feelings, um, even on the side of the um, medication aspect, uh, meeting with a psychiatrist and stuff like that. These are totally different than these therapeutic activities. Actually going to therapy and sitting down with that therapist and going through your, your trauma, your hurts, your pains, um, all that other stuff, and working through those things is actually will actually improve your life better and um i want to say just 
better than those actual therapeutic activities though and that, and like i said those therapeutic activities not to say that they don't add any value but if it's just a situation where you're using those therapeutic activities as a getaway or a quick high then what is the purpose if you're still going back and still dealing with the same um thought patterns you still got the same feelings and emotions. You still have the same perspectives on certain things. And you're not, you know what I'm saying, healing from your trauma and stuff like that. It doesn't matter. And that's something that I wanted to point out so bad. Like, please, like those therapeutic activities uh, are great. You know what I'm saying? It's good to have hobbies and, and things like that and things that you enjoy and Things that, you know what I'm saying, get you out of your your uh, usual uh, routine and stuff like that and bring comfort to you. Th- those definitely matter. But we can't keep comparing them to actual therapy because it is not the same. There, You know what I'm saying? We always talk in the culture. We always talk about there's levels to it. There's levels to therapy, therapeutic outlets and all that other stuff. There's levels to it. So, yeah. Uh, moving along, uh, next clip, next clip. Um, yeah, this is one that I wanted to play last week as well. So let me pull that up. Men are, are Let me rewind that so I get it from the actual beginning. Here we go. Most men are, are clinically depressed, working jobs they hate for, in sexless marriages, and they know they can't leave because they lose the house and they lose the kids and they lose everything else. So they don't have t- time to be concerned with anything that's actually happening in the world. They keep us divided and distracted, and empowering females is the easiest way to weaken the will of men. I'm going to let that play again because it went so fast. Like Basically, what he, what he started off saying is most men are clinically depressed. So I'm going to play it again. Most men are, are clinically depressed, working jobs they hate for, in sexless marriages, and they know they can't leave because they lose the house and they lose the kids and they lose everything else. So they don't have t- time to be concerned with anything that's actually happening in the world. They keep us divided and distracted, and empowering females is the easiest way to weaken the will of men. And, yeah, I agree with just about everything he said. I this mean, is another... Just my fault. Just going beyond the talk about when he's talking about sexless marriages and all that other stuff. But I do believe I'm not I'll preface this by saying I'm not a licensed professional, um, but I do believe that majority of men are clinically depressed. And I actually feel that way about majority of people, period. Majority of the people are clinically depressed and a lot of people don't believe that they're depressed because they haven't been diagnosed as the dealing with depression but that's kind of piggybacking off of the last clip I played about you know the therapeutic activities and stuff like that and one thing that I I forgot to mention off of the last clip is that you know I'm saying how there's been this a lot of talk and there's a stigma out here on men who have podcasts particularly black men who have podcasts and it's something that has has 
has kind of bothered me a little bit and irritated me at the same time because it's kind of like they don't I ain't gonna say all women. It's a lot of women out here that don't want men. They want men to be men, but they don't want men to be men. You know what I'm saying? It's like sort of similar to the clip that I just played. You know what I'm saying? They, you know what I'm saying? They try to divide us with empowering women in order to keep the will of men down. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny because the past couple of years, particularly, you know what I'm saying, around the pandemic time or whatever, is when that masculine quote-unquote masculine energy start ramping up more with more men speaking out and stuff and you'll have like for example kevin samuels and stuff like that and i've come across a lot of men that just was popping up and just uh, on social media and stuff like that and talking masculine talk as far as um the the let me see. Let me, I want to say this correctly. It's sort of like, um, well, I'm going to just say how, how how it's just, it's going to come out. It is what it is. Um, it's a lot of men coming out, fighting back against that, um, want that women empowerment narrative. And, it's interesting because, um, you know, I follow a lot of like spiritual people, quote unquote spiritual people, and all that other stuff, and they always be talking about some. This is the the the, the divine feminine um, um, era and all that other stuff. But you see, a, but when they were saying all that stuff, you saw I saw a lot of men, and that's where it was people because it's been talked about a lot talked about how you know what I'm saying it's been a lot of men coming out talking and fighting the back fighting back against that narrative or that agenda or whatever and y'all know um if you've been a long time listener of the podcast I talked about how um I know for a fact that this is something that's been in place for a while with them trying to divide the black man and the black woman from each other and this this has been centuries beyond centuries been a plan of theirs. I mean, you can go back to what I always say, the Willie Lynch syndrome, the Willie Lynch letters. I got a whole episode where I talked about that titled Still Lynching 2020. If you haven't heard that episode, go listen to that episode and also purchase the book on Amazon. It costs like three, $3, three to $5 on Amazon is the Willie Lynch papers. I mean, you ain't even got to buy it. You can find it on the internet um i believe the website you can go on and find it is the uh nation of islam website they have it they have the whole thing right there so you know um check it out i mean this is something that's been in place for a while with them emasculating black men and to the point where they empower black women to not believe in black men but yeah but I do believe that most men are clinically depressed. And I feel like a lot of them, a lot of men don't want to believe it or accept it because they think it makes them look weak. And also because they look at it like if I haven't been diagnosed with it, then it ain't true. But 
if you're not going to actually, you know what I'm saying, get diagnosed, then you never going to know if it's true or not. And a lot of men just look at it like, you know what I'm saying, they can handle anything and they can get through anything and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? You you know <laughs> you know how it is, you know, how we beat our chest and the ego and pride and whatever when it comes to men. But, yeah, I do believe – I mean, I can see it. Like, I, I've had so many interactions with other men and particularly – while I was going through therapy where I seen myself in these other men, close friends, family members, all that. You know what I'm saying? I could see it on random people, just how they react to certain situations that they are depressed, clinically depressed. But, yeah, um, fuck all those people out there who talking. I mean, granted, there is some silly ass niggas doing podcasts out here. Silly ass men and women out here doing podcasts that's just stirring the pot and trying to use clickbait in order to become popular and go viral and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not really too many people out here with podcasts like myself and other podcasts that's on the UNU network that's actually talking about real situations. And you can find all those podcasts on the UNU Network, uh, Process Knowledge, Separate the Two Podcasts, Three Stars, Two Bars, Reservation for Three Podcasts, Code of Shame, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know where to find them. Um, But yeah, it's crazy out here that this stigma that men can't even speak up for themselves now and it's just being pushed even more and more. But I get it, you know what I'm saying, because it's hard to find... You know what I'm saying? Uh, a needle in a haystack. When You know what I'm saying? And that haystack being all these silly niggas out here with podcasts just talking bullshit. And you can't find a needle like myself and, you know what I'm saying, other podcasts. But, yeah, I get it. But let me move on because I'm getting close to two hours. I feel like I want to stop here, but assumption that women make about men <laughs> and that is if he's quiet then there's something wrong and that's just not true men like peace and quiet for the most part and when they're quiet they're usually in their own head or they're vegging out or they're just relaxing they find they're enjoying the peace and a lot of times we as women we want to fill that void that gap in conversation that quietness that peace with Thoughts with noise, with connectivity. We see a man being peaceful and, and relaxing, and we see it as an opportunity a lot of times to connect where he's not trying to connect. He just wants to exist in peace and quiet. I relate it to like a mother with kids. You know, imagine you're just quietly watching your show or doing whatever, and your kids come in and constantly want to talk to you about some talk about school, show you a game, do this and that and the other. So this men like peace and quiet and when they're quiet it, it they're happy they're at peace leave them yeah i thought this clip was interesting because i don't agree with it fully for one i can't really say uh what a woman is thinking in these situations but i can say that most of the time when men are quiet and stuff like that they are in their head but that don't mean that they're at peace <laughs> So, yeah, she I feel like she totally got this wrong, but I thought it was necessary to uh, play this clip because this is like the type of stuff that is out there. There's a lot of wrong information out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, And not saying that because I'm going to play another clip of, of hers, but I just feel like 
what she's saying right here is wrong. Most of the time when men are quiet, they are in their head. Um, and yeah, most of the time they necessarily don't want to connect, but that doesn't mean that they're at peace. Um, a lot of times when men are quiet and, and stuff like that, they are in their head and they don't speak and stuff like that it's because they don't feel like they're safe in that space. You know, that's that that's that word that I always be throwing around that safe word. But, yeah, they they don't feel safe. And and a lot of times a lot of men look at it like they have to figure it out for themselves because that's what men do. So, yeah, um, I don't fully agree with what she's saying. I understand what she's trying to get at because a lot of times um, um, men, we don't like to <laughs> sit in and do all that talking and gossiping and stuff like that. And you see a lot of times that's what, you know, women want to do. You know, um, I'm not saying all women, but, you know, a lot of women want to talk about what's going on with their their girlfriends and their good, good girlfriends and all that other stuff and what's going on and what else going on in their life and stuff like that. And a lot of times men don't even want to deal with that gossiping and stuff like that. Um, and particularly because they they trying to figure out their life. <laughs> they trying to figure out their purpose or they holding something, some type of anger in or something like that. Or they just don't know how to express themselves. But, yeah, here's another clip from her. Um, she did a couple of uh videos where she talked about you know um assumptions that women make about men but um yeah i can't rock with her on this one i kind of disagree with her on this one and i'm a man so yeah i think i would know better <laughs> but no nah, i ain't i ain't hating or nothing like that but let me move on to the next clip Here's an assumption that women make about men is that he can tell when something is wrong. Now, there are times men can tell something's wrong, but it's generally we start to show an attitude or we start to get all, you know, we, we like, what's wrong? Nothing. Come on, baby. I know something's wrong. Nothing. Like they can tell those types of things. But what I mean is if. Oh, she right on this one. I had to pause and I ain't even finished the clip. Yeah, she right about this part right here. <laughs> Let me finish the clip. You act a little quiet or withdrawn. You go do your own thing. A man will just assume you're just doing your own thing or you're just in your own head. And the reason why a man will sit there and ask several times, you okay, what's wrong and all this other stuff. And y'all keep giving that attitude or saying nothing wrong or whatever. We just going to leave y'all the fuck alone. Now we ask a couple of times because yeah, we going to look at it like, well, she working that shit out on her own because we looking at it from our point of view. Men are more logical than women. Are. Women tend to come from more of their emotions. And I'm not saying that. And I'm going to keep saying this and y'all, y'all can be mad about it, but just because women come from an emotional side don't mean that they emotionally mature and intelligent all the time <laughs> but yeah most of the time men just being that logical mindset so they're gonna look at it like after they ask you a couple of times and you say no and all that other stuff or you have an attitude and you ain't trying to say it, then it's gonna be like okay cool well she'll figure it out for herself she'll let me know when she ready because that's how we think because that's generally how men process things that they're feeling. Oh, there we go. See, I ain't even listened to the clip at first. There we go. 
They just keep it in their head and they go do an activity or veg out in front of the TV, whatever it may be. They don't verbalize it. But from us, men need us to say it and not to berate him for hours. Or- yeah, we need y'all to say it because when, even though men aren't necessarily uh, more vocal and stuff like that, we are more direct than y'all than women are. So when we tell y'all something, that's absolutely how, you know what I'm saying? Most of the time, that's absolutely how we feel and how we thinking or whatever. Constantly nag, but tell him precisely what you're feeling and don't just make him guess or think he doesn't love you because he doesn't feel it too. Men aren't mind readers. Damn right we ain't mind readers and we ain't trying to be no damn mind readers. Shit, we got shit on our mind. <laughs> All right, um... Here's another clip. Uh, This is a clip from uh, Mike Tyson. I thought this clip was interesting. And I feel like it falls into the line of these past two two clips that I played. So let me uh, play this one. Women pick things wow. up, they're very sensitive, they pick up things, you have to be um, consistent, the same thing all the time. All the time. You stop one time or something, they pick up something. Consistency with women. I, mean, I learned that late, to be consistent. <laughs> have to be consistent, consistent, never change your colors. Wow. Because they would pick that up quick. The first thing they pick, hey, One day you change? One second. Well, that's why communication. One second, she picks it up. They're different than we are. You communication. See bu- you see a whole bunch of people in here? If my wife was in here, we're all talking, my wife would remember here, only my voice. Everybody's talking, she remember everything I said. Everybody's talking, but she's going to hear my voice. That's how women are. They, they, get, they get tuned into your voice, everything about you, your characteristics. They want to know you. Women pick- He's absolutely right. And when I was in college. Oh, my fault. He's absolutely right. And what's, what's interesting is I'm going to go back to this clip. I'm a, I'm, I played it first, and then I'm going to slide back through it and, 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 and point out some things. So he's absolutely right. Women are pressed about consistency. And if y'all have been listening to me all the way back since the Unproductive Unapologetic podcast, I've been saying that consistency consistency shit is bullshit. Because a nigga can be consistent all day with trying to get some A's. So y'all could be thinking that this nigga is all types of interested in you and trying to be with you and everything like that. But a nigga will be consistent enough to get some A's. And then once he gets that A, get that A's, he's gone. So consistency is cool, but it really isn't that black and white. It really just ain't that, you know what I'm saying, that, that clear cut. Of okay, so he's consistent, then you know what I'm saying, he's really into me. Nah, man. And the problem with this this narrative that's being pushed about consistency, particularly on the man's side when he's trying to quote unquote date, court, or be with a woman is is that that is not humanly possible. And that is what is what pisses me off about this consistency narrative consistency is impossible with no one man or woman because things change people change outcomes change you can't control everything and i feel like a lot of times with this consistency narrative it is a it's almost a, a, a a meter for guys to gauge if this woman is emotionally stable or not 
be mentally and emotionally stable for the simple fact that any thing that throws this this path or this consistency train off then it's an issue it almost to me um shows a a a sign of it definitely shows insecurity to me it definitely shows fear and it also shows to me an element of control an element of control where the woman has to have everything her way or even the man has to have everything his way consistently in order for him to feel comfortable and here go this word again to feel safe that bullshit ass word feeling safe and i'm just gonna keep saying is if you if you don't feel safe with yourself you ain't gonna feel safe with nobody if you ain't if you don't feel secure with yourself you ain't gonna feel secure with nobody and i can keep going on and on and on because when it comes down to it if you sitting here waiting for somebody to make you feel safe make you feel secure then you're never going to feel safe and secure because this person is different than you. They came up different than you. They have different perspectives than you. They have a different perception than you. They have a different outlook on life than you, et cetera, et cetera. Everything can't be your way. Everything can't be our way. And this is even coming from experience because when I was deep in my depression, when I was like in my early 20s, even in my late teens and stuff like that, when I was the most secure, insecure and and I didn't have a lot of self-esteem and stuff like that, I needed a woman to be this be consistent 100% in order for me to feel comfortable or safe about the relationship or even even myself, even myself. Like if anything was was off i attributed it to something being wrong with me something being wrong with the relationship and then i start pressing start pressing start over demanding overwhelming overburdening just all over the place because i was scared because things wasn't going the way that i wanted them to go when we talk about this consistency shit there is an element of control to that along with the insecurity and fears and i'm just going to end the podcast right here because i feel like i just dropped a bomb on niggas <laughs> so i'm gonna end it with a song let me see what song i want to end it with because man i would i would end it with an omarion song but man he just he just just like fuck that shit up for me so i'm gonna end that joint. i'm gonna end this joint off with a uh, Tupac song because this song just been popping around everywhere since the Roe v. Wade ruling came out and y'all know what song it is so this is Taste to Consider Podcast make sure you follow me on Instagram at Taste to Consider Podcast also greatest I am blog dot com uh, Taste to Consider on Instagram greatest.i.am.blog on Instagram um, yeah the socials is out there make sure you follow the socials because I uh, got stuff coming up. So, yeah, I appreciate all the new followers, new listeners. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the YouTube. It takes to consider network. Um, yeah, keep 
sharing, liking, um, purchasing. Just keep supporting. I appreciate all of y'all. And we out. Say you stick and sit a podcast. Of the juice, I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. When you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. But please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him. Cause sister, you don't need and I ain't trying to gash up, I just call them how I see You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a happy And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman And I came from a woman I wonder why we take from our women Why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women Time to heal our women, be real to our women and if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies Say and make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies, but keep your head up. Consider podcast, yes, indeed. I'll talk to you next week. Let's go.